All right. Good morning still. Good morning, good morning. Got 15 more minutes, and then it'll be good afternoon. But for right now, it's good morning or good evening whenever you're watching. So welcome back. Good to be on with you again. Again, let's, let's have some fun with it. Tell me, who are you watching with? Because I'm going to believe that sometimes you got two or three people or, or more watching there. So are you watching with your whole family? So who are you watching with? See, the reason I'm doing this is because I like comments. I, I like to engage people a little bit. Um, we'll probably start doing lives again. Uh, I'm not sure when. Hopefully within the next couple months or so. I want to get some other equipment that can um, add in the commentary and the, the stuff that shows up over here on the videos that you watch that we can do that live. So, but, uh, and then it'll make the comments even more fun. But even as you're watching, comment who you're watching with. Tell me where, where you're watching from, anywhere in the world, whatever it is. And uh, I think that's it. Yep. Oh, also, uh, if you're watching on YouTube, subscribe to the channel because that uh, that actually helps us out and it lets you it gives you a notification so subscribe like subscribe hit the bell do all the fun stuff that's on there and then that way you get the notifications uh, about whenever we have videos up because these are going to be consistent for advent for the for the next 24 well i guess it's not 24 days now but till christmas and uh and then most likely i'm probably going to want to keep going with doing them daily because I, I thoroughly enjoy this and I like to be able to talk with you and engage you all too. So uh, go ahead, get the uh, subscribe button. That helps us out and it actually helps get the videos out to more people. Also, you might as well go ahead and share if you're watching on Facebook, share, or you can even share it from YouTube or any other platform that you're listening on or watching on. You can go ahead and uh, share that for me because the more it gets out the more people they get to hear everything that you're getting to hear so by all means share it with them and be a blessing to somebody else because this is one easy way you can be a blessing to somebody else is giving them some of the word and you don't even have to say nothing because i'm saying it for you all right so today another attribute of jesus for the for the advent we got today that he is in this case past tense was Reverent and opposed to evil. You're like, okay, where are we going with that? You'll find out. So, turn with me to the book of John. So, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. John chapter 2, and we're going to go to verses 13 through 17. Again, I'm reading out of the Passion Translation. So, John chapter 2, starting in verse 13 and going up through 17. All right. The Bible says... But the time was close for the Jewish Passover to begin. And just to give you a little uh, background, this is after Jesus turned water into wine. Okay, now he's heading into Jerusalem. But the time was close for the Jewish Passover to begin. So Jesus walked to Jerusalem. As he went into the temple courtyard, he noticed it was filled with merchants selling oxen, lambs, and doves for exorbitant prices. While others were overcharging, as they exchanged currency behind their counters. So Jesus found some rope and made it into a whip. Then he drove out every one of them and their animals from the courtyard of the temple, and he kicked over their tables filled with money, 
scattering it everywhere. And he shouted at the merchant, Get these things out of here. Don't you dare make my father's house into a center for merchandise. That's when the disciples remembered the scripture, I am consumed with a fiery passion to keep your house pure. But the Jewish religious leaders challenged you. Oh, nope, I wanted to stop at 17, so that's where we're stopping. All right. So, you can see that Jesus had a zeal, right? A zeal for what? Holiness, righteousness, not, not tolerating sin, not tolerating things that can cause problems for people. Because you can see here, what's it saying? They're selling um, animals for exorbitant prices. And then you also had the money changers, which were exchanging the Roman currency for the Jewish currency to uh, pay for the temple tax. Okay? So you can see that, that basically it was like a den of thieves. And in some versions of the Bible that you read, it'll say about turning my father's house into a den of thieves. Because that's what these guys were doing. They were working a hustle and, and basically shaking people down and, and hitting them up for their money. However you want to look at it, whatever term you want to use, they were being dishonest. And one of the other things that I want to show you about Jesus here is his, his zeal and what flowed out of his zeal. Now, he didn't come in here and go, Hey, you guys, you guys can't be doing this in here. It's, it's not right. It's, it's not good. It's mean. And you, you probably shouldn't be selling things in, in my father's house because the temple was where the Lord lived, right? Because this is, Jesus hadn't died and gone and raised up again. So you can see that uh, the temple isn't what we are now. The temple of the Holy Ghost where God lives in us, right? So he wasn't going around and just, hey, can you please leave? No. He kept his mouth shut. He's like, I'm not going to say nothing. But I'm going to take these three ropes here. And he twisted them three ropes together. See, this is where I don't, I don't talk hippie Jesus. Okay? Jesus loved people. He was compassionate. From the beginning, he was compassionate, he was forgiving, has, has the power to heal, and, uh, and now he has power and authority and the zeal for his father's house, okay? And you can see that, that out of that, he, he, he wasn't real kind and gentle about it. He twisted some cords together and just went around and started flailing and whipping. Can you imagine this? Being Jesus' disciples, it's like, what's he doing? Why is he twisting his ropes together? Huh, that's weird. I wonder why. And then two seconds later, he's like, "What? Can I got get out! Get out of here! What's the matter? You better get out of here!" And like I can see that you know when you were a kid and, and you were getting a belt or something, and they your parents grabbed your one hand and you started doing the, the dance around, and that belt's flailing and swinging, and you and your father or your mother are going in circles, and they're, you better stop it. Okay, maybe it was just me. <laughs> like. Like, I, I got the paddle more than a belt, but I remember the, the dancing around in a circle with the belt at least once or twice. And the, uh, <laughs> but the paddle, it was just like, put your hands down. <laughs> anyway, uh, but yeah, like that's, so the, there's elements of this that I find kind of funny because of, of how Jesus was. And the disciples are really like, he's whipping people. Not only did he go around and start whipping people. But then he was flipping tables over with the money changer stuff on it. Jesus was like, ah, 
Because you got to think those tables were solid wood and they were probably pretty heavy back then. So Jesus is like, he, he's bucking up with his and just flipping tables over. Look, I, the Jesus I see is loving, compassionate and, every, and forgiving, but I also see him as a lot of fun and, uh, and probably a sturdy guy. So he's flipping tables over, whipping people, chasing people out of the temple, turning animals loose. I imagine it was probably pretty chaotic. And all those religious people were probably like, what are you doing? With their lemon-sucking faces and, uh, and probably just losing their minds at what Jesus was doing in the temple that day. And it was out of what? It was out of zeal. It was, it was out of his, his reverent and respect for his father and the the opposition to wicked and evil things being anywhere even close to the temple being close to his father and that's that's ultimately what caused all of it and this is very early on in the in the ministry of jesus so i mean the, at this point they may or may not have heard about him in jerusalem and then he comes in there and just like tears it up okay why because of that, that deep love that he had for his father, the, the reverence that he had for his father, and, and, and the absolute hatred toward evil. See, you can be a Christian and, and have a hatred toward evil, as, as you well should, because God hates evil. He hates wickedness. And you can be that way too, but you don't have to be like a jerk to people on top of it right you don't have to be always judging people and pointing your fingers and everything but you can have a hatred toward the wickedness that people do jesus a lot of the people that he hung out with were what they called sinners back then and he was around them but see jesus didn't get around the people and they stayed the way they were when jesus got around them people changed and that's, that was the nature of Jesus. See, a lot of people are like, well, Jesus hung out with people who drank and, and were wicked and everything like that. Yeah, but he didn't become like them. They became like him. There was change that happened with them being around Jesus. So, all right, so he seen what was going on, got some rope, twisted together, and drove out every one of them and their animals from the courtyard. <laughs> we got people coming. Kicked over the table, scattering it everywhere, and shouted at the merchants, get these things out of here. Don't you dare make my father's house into a center for merchandise or a, a den of thieves. And then it's when his disciples remembered, I'm consumed with a fiery passion to keep your house pure. This is something... Another attribute of Jesus that should be a part of your life is to keep the temple pure. All right? Now, we're not talking the temple in Jerusalem because, one, it's not there right now. And, two, the temple is you. If you're saved and you have Jesus in your heart, you got Holy Spirit working through your life, then it's up to you to keep your temple pure because you're the temple now. Now, does it mean you don't buy, sell? No, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about coming against wickedness, not allowing wicked things into your presence, into your life. Whether you're letting it in through your eyes, through your ears, whatever it may be, 
you protect yourself and keep wicked things from it. Just because you're a Christian doesn't mean you have to accept everything that, that people do around you. You can absolutely make a stand and not be the judgmental jerk that everybody doesn't like. You can go, no, I'm not doing that. That's, that, that's not right. I, I don't agree with that. I don't follow that or do whatever. And you don't have to be a snob about it or anything. You can just be straight with people. I've said this before. The best thing you can do as a Christian is just be a real person with them. You have Jesus on the inside of you. He's living and flowing through your life. The same thing that he did here. He's going to live and flow through your life. He was a normal guy that had zeal and love for his father and didn't want that nonsense in his house. How much more so as having Holy Spirit living on the inside of you? Should you, you, you take that time and not allow junk and nonsense into your life? Whatever it may be, you think of it, if it's a conviction, then that's exactly what needs to be going. It's, it's really just that simple to keep those things out of your house. To, to not even, when you are around Christians, if they're polluting the, the, I guess, atmosphere around you, for a lack of better terms, to not let them. Be like, look, that ain't right. You shouldn't be saying that, shouldn't be doing that. That's shady, whatever it may be. Maybe in, in business dealings, okay? There's all kind of different ways to, to go about doing things. Some things are shady, some things are good. Always go with the good thing because there's actually more blessing. It may take a, 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 a little more work or whatever to get, do it the right way, but do it the right way. Because if you do it the shady way, yeah, you might make some money on it, but you won't get nearly as much as you would if you did it the way that the Lord wanted you to do it. I mean, there, there was even ways to, to go about with the, the building that we're in. And uh, some of it was like kind of sketchy. And I'm like, ah, I don't think we're going to do it that way. And we did it the right way and everything came together and it worked out just like it should have. It required putting forth a little bit of faith. But it, it worked out. Why? Because I have a, a zeal to protect everything that the Lord has put into me. And it should be the same with you to, to have a protection and a zeal to guard your heart from anything that could come in and try and pollute it. Amen? All right. But they remembered, I'm consumed with a fiery passion to keep your house pure. Keep your house pure. Keep your house pure. You should have the same feeling about wickedness and about sin that Jesus had toward it being in his father's house. And it, there, I mean, obviously there's wickedness and sin going on if they're charging exorbitant prices and exchanging the currency with a, a, a horrible rate. But you've got to examine your own heart. That's why the Bible says, guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it flow the issues of life. You guard that thing, because it, if you don't guard it, you'll have deception come in, sneak into your life. It'll cause you to do things that may be underhanded, shady, however you want to call it, however you want to look at it. Why? Because you haven't taken the time to guard your heart with all diligence. You've accepted sin where you shouldn't have accepted sin. 
And that, that's some of the problem that the church has had, especially with this greasy grace doctrine, is that it, it's taken time away from spending it with the Lord to let in sin. To where it's like, oh no, it's okay, there, there's grace for that. It, it, no, grace is not the, the overlooking and it's okay to sin and it's okay to do that. The Lord understands you're only human. No, the Bible says that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. The Bible says to be holy as I am holy. So if God tells you to do those things, then guess what? There's probably an ability to do it. And that's where the grace of God comes in. Grace is the ability to not do the sin. Grace is the ability to get something done. It, it's the power of God unto salvation that, that comes into your life and gives you the ability to stand above those things. How do you think that people can get delivered from all kinds of wickedness, whatever it may be? You name any vice you can think of whatever it may be, and how people can get set free from that. Why is it? Because it's the grace and power of God that's come into their life and do it. Look, the people have been doing the greasy grace and the seeker-sensitive church and everything. Oh, no, we're, we're just going after people. They're going after people, but they're not investing anything of the Lord into those people that brings about the change in their life, and they stay right where they're at, and they're probably going to hell just like they were when they came. Why? Because it was just a nice accepting thing that tickled their ear that's like, oh, wow, I can do whatever, and God just forgives me. No, God hates sin. He said, I'm the Lord, and I change not. If he hated sin in the Old Testament, he hates it in the New Testament. It's really just that simple. Loves people, hates sin. Sin brings death, destruction, all things that are like the antithesis of what God has desired for your life. That's why you don't accept those, those little sneaky things. The Bible says that it's the little foxes that spoil the vine. It's the little nibble sins, we'll call it that, nibble sins. I just made that up, it's a new thing nibble sins that kind of just nibble away at you little bits at a time anytime you see somebody fall into sin there was a whole bunch of nibbling and everything that took place before that it wasn't like this big huge drastic fall just came out of nowhere and they, they had this big huge sin no it was a little bit over periods of time little bits over a period of time until it finally culminated into into what happened because what happens if you nibble at a vine Ultimately, the whole vine ends up dying, but it dies slowly. The fruit gets spoiled eventually, and everything just ends up dying. Because of what? The little nibbles that suck the life right out of the vine. It left to keep growing for a little while. There was enough life coming through it that it kept growing. But over a period of time, there's not enough life to sustain the plant, and the whole thing dries up and dies, unless something comes along to help repair it and get it back to what it's supposed to be. And this is where your life that's yielded to Jesus, your life that's yielded to Jesus, surrendered to Him, given over to Him, your, your cross being bared daily, okay? And when you do that, when you give it over to Him, and His life becomes your life, not your life becomes His life. His life becomes your life. And when you, you do that, when you're yielded that way, when you take time to spend in the Word, when you listen to good preaching and teaching from the Word, 
when you're praying and you're going and seeking the face of the Lord, when you get into a time of worship and you're just loving on Him, I'm telling you right now, worship, sometimes you'll have the best time of your life in worship. A lot of times during worship is where the Lord starts speaking to me about things to do. So there, that's, that's just a quick little nugget of how to get closer with the Lord, how to make His life a part of yours, how to let Him work and live through you. See, I, and I'll probably say this almost every day because it applies to just about everything, that Jesus said that you will do the same things I've done and greater. Why? Because He becomes a part of your life. He, like, is your life. And because of that, He grows in your life. And because of that, He gives you the victory over things. Because of that, as you're yielded to Him, the things that once bound you and destroyed you and, and, and had you where you were losing life. He comes in now and overtakes those things. See, that's why I, I, I tell people, it, you're never, you've never done too much sin that uh, you can't be saved. Never. Jesus is always there willing and able to save it. And that's pretty awesome. It's amazing that He's able to to wash away all that sin. He doesn't even cover it up. Just like it's just a covering. No, it's completely washed away. The Bible says it's as far as the east is from the west, that God puts it into the sea of forgetfulness. He doesn't remember it anymore. The only one that can ever remember about the things that you've done in the past is you, because God doesn't care. The Bible says that the old has gone, okay, and the, the new has come. Behold, all things are made new. So you've actually are created and you're a new creature now. Not a new human being, a, a new creature is how the Bible says it. You become part of another family. Your kingdom is not of this earth anymore. It's of somewhere else. And that's, that's the most absolute and incredible thing about what Jesus is able to do. And when he becomes a part of your life. When he becomes a part of your life, this same type of zeal that he had and love for his Father and for holiness becomes a, a part of your life. That's just absolutely incredible. See, for a, a lot of men, they think that Christianity is weak and that it's a crutch and they've got to be the man's man. But Jesus was, is, the man's man. He had men following him. He had their families follow him. He had thousands of people following him. You don't get people to follow you if you're a weak loser. So Christianity is a, a faith, a relationship of power. Yeah, it may sound mushy at times because we talk about love and compassion and everything like that, but that's something that's part of human nature to begin with. A lot of times people put on a facade of toughness and not caring, but there's always that little bit of something inside them that has a affection and everything towards people. Some people have more towards animals and everything, but the affection's still there. And that's, that's the heart of Jesus. Just because you're a guy and you think, well, if I become a Christian, I'm going to have to be a big wimp all of a sudden and let everybody walk all over me. Absolutely not. There's ministries in other countries that fight against child trafficking. And they don't fight against it by just, oh, that's not nice. Like they knock on 
doors of kidnappers and things and beat the tar out of them. Why? Because they absolutely hate wickedness. Do they want those guys to get saved? I'm sure they probably do. But in the meantime, in the state that they're in, where they're kidnapping girls and boys and doing whatever and selling people into slavery, yeah, it still exists and it still very much goes on. Probably more so than any other time. It's just not out in front like it used to be. So there's that. But those people are doing wicked things. They are enemies of the Lord. Do you want them to get saved? Absolutely. But at that moment, you might have to lump somebody. And that's what these men are going out and doing. These are men who were trained warriors. And because they were trained warriors, God uses them in, in the rough and tumble way that they are. They still love people. They have compassion for those victims. And so that's who they go in and save. They, they figure out, they find out where they're at through their means, however they do it. And they go after these guys and these people that are doing these wicked things and they save as many as they possibly can that way. And what are they doing? They're still getting the gospel because these, these girls are coming out of those situations and they're, they're, they're finding the love of Jesus through these same rough and tumble men who just beat the tar out of the guy at the door. Why? Because he was doing wicked things. Now, am I giving you free reign to go out and start lumping people that do you dirty? No, I'm not telling you that. I'm telling you, you can make a stand against wickedness. And I'm, I'm speaking to a lot of men because a lot of men are not in church. I go in, in and out of all kind of different churches all over the place. And I notice the majority of who is there are women and children. And there's... Obviously, there are a few men that are there leading their families, and those are men that I, I admire because that's where I'm at, leading my family, guiding my family. And they, see, the, the reality of it is this, gents, that if you, you look at the, the ratios and the percentages of people who come into the kingdom, if a child gets saved, it's a, he brings a, a small percentage of his family will come to Christ. If the, if the mother is saved, she usually gets the children to come, right? So it's another portion, it's another percentage, it's higher than if the child gets saved first. But if the mother gets saved, then she brings a, a portion of the family. But here's the reality of it, gents, is when the man, when the father, when the husband, and, and maybe you don't have any of these yet, it might be in your future, it's good to think about, that that, that husband, when he gets saved, the whole family usually follows right in behind them. Like most of the time, 99% of the time, the whole family comes into salvation because he's the head, he's the leadership of the family. And people will follow through with that most of the time. It's, it's rare that it doesn't because of the power and the authority that the man carries in the household. Am I being sexist and everything like that? No, I'm not. That's just the truth of the matter. Like, it's how people are wired. It's how people are created. Does it apply to everything? No, but most of the time. So something to think about there, man. Because I want you to come into the family of God. I want you to get saved. Because I actually genuinely do care about other people. Complete and total strangers. Otherwise, I wouldn't walk up to strangers and tell them about Jesus. Wouldn't go after people lost all over in any town, city that I can get into. 
God has a plan and a purpose for your life. And you've seen the attributes of Jesus over these last couple of days, how He was compassionate, how He was forgiving, how He worked miracles and still does. He's still all those other things too. But how He was reverent to His Father and how He hated evil and wickedness. That can be a part of your life too. So right now, if you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, today is the day of salvation. Today is the day to get Him into your life. Again, maybe you're somebody that was once saved and you've walked away from the Lord. You've just kind of fallen away. Those little foxes spoiled your vine. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day that you can come back. Maybe, maybe you were following the Lord. And, and things came out of the blue and just blew you away, bowled you right over. And you're not even sure if you're saved anymore because of what happened in your life, those massive circumstances, whatever it may be. Today is the day of salvation. So we're going to pray, and I want you to pray with me. All right? You're going to pray from your heart. You say it with your mouth out loud because with the mouth a declaration is made. Right? So that's why you speak from your mouth. And the simple fact is, God gives you a voice because He likes to hear what you got to say. Alright? Let's pray. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sin. Wash me. Cleanse me. Set me free. Jesus, I believe you died for me. And I believe that you rose again for me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Give me a passion for the lost and a hunger for the things of God and a holy boldness to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm saved, I'm born again, and I'm on my way to heaven because I have Jesus in my heart. Amen. Amen. Just like that, in that moment, it really is that simple. You don't have to do a whole bunch of stuff or anything like that. It's the simplicity of the gospel, the good news. In that moment, everything you've ever done wrong in your life has been completely washed away. The Bible actually calls it dead. So the old you just died in that moment. And now there's a brand new you, a brand new creature. You've been given a new start, hence the reason it's called born again. Because you weren't born okay the first time. You were born dead. So you got a new life from here. So what do you do from here? Well, one, reach out to us. Say, I just got saved. Two, keep following us. And there, believe me, there's many other ministers you can follow. And there's a lot of times that I mention them on here. And they're good people to follow. And But you keep keep following us here. Next. Get plugged into a church. Find a good church. If you want to, reach out to us no matter where you're at. I'll find a way to help you get into a good church. Because churches are, are, it may look like there's been a lot that have closed doors. Dead religious churches are closing their doors. And I'm grateful for that. Because it's done nothing but cause problems for Christianity. So I'm glad they're closing their doors. And you know what? I'm glad that the Lord is raising up new people to come in and open new doors. 
that people can actually experience the life and the power of God. Taking over new buildings, new territories, new ground. That's what's happening now. That's the people that are being raised up. Maybe you're one of those people. And it's going to take you coming, still plugging in with us, finding a good church, reading your Bible, and praying. And you know what? You, you keep following us and sticking with us. You'll hear and find out how to do all of those things. Because I want your relationship with the Lord to flourish. This is what we do. This is one of the ways we do it. It maximizes the amount of people I can reach. Because this can go all over the world. And that's why I always say, you know, like it, share it, get it out there. If you can think of somebody in your head right now that needs to hear what I just got done talking about, go ahead and share it with them. Okay? You share it with them. Uh, what, do you, what What's the other word? Tagging. You can tag somebody in it if you're on Facebook. Okay? So share this video with people. That way it gets out. You, you're sharing the love of Jesus with other people. You're sharing with everything that I just got done talking about with other people. Maybe you know somebody that needs to, to see Jesus that way because it's the reality of who he was and who he is. He's a man's man. But he's loving and compassionate too. All right? So go ahead and do that for me. And again, if you want to join with us in what we're doing financially and help us get the word out, you become a part of it. And it'll all be right over here. You get to become a part of it. Like, we were able to reach out to you because other people have have poured into it. The Lord supplies everything we need. And you know who he does? He brings people along to do it. So be one of those people and, and join with us in going after, going after people, getting them saved in all the different ways that we can possibly think to do it. So join us in that. Make yourself a part of it. You make yourself a part of those harvests in, uh, in heaven. Somebody will come up to you in heaven and go, you know what, I'm here because you gave. Something to think about. So you get to be a part of that too. So join us in that. And once you get everything done, what do we call it? Hashtag challenge accepted. Then uh, go ahead and let us know that you completed the task of uh, sharing it with other people. And uh, even going out and and look, today is just as simple as sharing this video with somebody else. Amen. All right, everybody. Well, it's been good being on with you. It's been good talking to you. And I will see you tomorrow. Love you and God bless you. Bye-bye. Hey, this is Jeremy Puckett from Fire Now Ministries. I hope you enjoyed our podcast. Fire Now Ministries is an evangelistic outreach ministry, and we're based in Pennsylvania. We're constantly looking for ways to reach to the communities and spread the love of Christ. We just want to thank you for listening. Please take a moment and share this with others. Sharing helps. If you find yourself touched by this message, I want you to consider sowing a seed into this ground and join with us and help us in getting the gospel out. All the links are going to be in the description box, for, but for a simple way, PayPal me slash fire now. All gifts are tax deductible 501c3 and I'll see you soon. Bye.